1: Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel hanging out with
2: Katie Dirks.
1: How you doing, Katie?
2: I'm I'm recovered from a
1: Fourth of July
2: mishap, but we're I'm back on.
1: What track. was the Fourth of July mishap? What happened?
2: I didn't eat. I should have eaten. That's more. not a mishap. What? That's all. I but then I know I had too many margaritas, <laughs> and it just hit me. It hit me hard
1: margaritas are kind of food though you have ice you have sugar you have tequila that's a three course meal in some countries
2: lime you have citrus
1: yeah well i'm so proud of you i'm actually proud of you because i heard when you're pregnant you're not allowed to get hammered and you did so good with that but now you've had the baby for a while but this is the first time that i have heard you got lit enough to throw up so you still got it
2: It was not, it just came, it snuck up on me. And that's the worst part is I didn't even realize how bad I was until I tried to go to bed. And then I was like, oh boy, things have really taken a turn. Wow.
1: (laughs) I didn't know that you could get the spins anymore, but I guess you still, you You still still, can. You got to put the one foot down, sleep on the couch. Mm, It was bad. I love it. You know you're super ham when you're like, the floor is the most comfortable bed in the whole place.
2: It was, <laughs> yep, a tile was nice and cold.
1: <laughs> oh, that's good. I went over Sad. to a buddy's house and I I saw Chris, I think his name is Nova Selig, but he was the bassist mm-hmm. for Nirvana and he's my height. And so I talked to him for like 30 seconds and I was like, that's pretty cool. And then that's I saw some fun. fireworks, and cool. also the person's house that I was at, they had somebody with a Tesla coil come over, and it was like.
0: Okay,
2: rawr, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, Where, it was cool. Who, who just brings over a? And it's not just like a. It's not like something that you see at like the mall at Spencer's. It's no. like a giant, like ten foot thing, right? It was
1: really cool. Who just yeah. Brings
2: who just has one of those lying around?
1: She's a former VJ. That's all I'll say. VJ Watch from out. MTV from back Watch in out. the day. But no, she was super sweet and I was happy to be over there. But the Tesla thing, he turned it on, right? And then it lasted for like 45 seconds and then the whole house, all the power went out. Oh my God. Because apparently it takes a lot of power, which is interesting. But anyway, I'm happy you had a good 4th of July. It feels like, oh, Likewise. I don't know. It was a, it felt a, like a liberating 4th of July in many ways. Um, yeah. All right. Well, speaking of getting hammered, we have a couple of stories to talk about in the world of the WWE. Oh, no. Jimmy Uso, he was arrested for another DUI. And I got to give the guy some credit because his blood alcohol content was .205, which is not two oh five live. He is not a lightweight. He is a heavyweight when it comes to boozing. This is his third DUI. Jimmy Uso was arrested a Monday evening in Pensacola, florida and charged with just a misdemeanor dui he was uh he, he ran past a red light he was driving 50 in a 35 and by drunk standards that's actually pretty moderate
2: i mean look the only reason this is a headline is because jimmy Uso. this seems like it was very standard uh a standard stop if you will
1: it could be standard stop. We're going to talk about a couple of other wrestlers who had some Deweys over the years. I got my Dewey when I was 19 years old. I was driving in a parking lot at Eau Claire University, and the cops pulled me over for tailgating. Sad thing is, I wasn't 21. I blew a .09, which was the most sober I ever drove, kind of drunk. And then the cops were like, just because you're 19, we have to bring you in. And they, I, I went to the hospital, and they drew blood, and then a kid was in there, and he's like, what's he in here for, Mom? And then I started crying because i'm so tough anyway that was the that was the that was i didn't deserve that one but then i avoided a lot of other ones so i feel very very lucky so uso his real name is jonathan fatu he's 35 years old yeah he had about 2.5 times the legal limit there but again he's really not doing anything that other wrestlers haven't done in the past we'll see if uh if there's any repercussions for his actions i I, I don't know, I, I can't imagine it being too bad at being that he is, again, part of a massive storyline with uh, with Roman Reigns. I The only thing I do hope is, they don't go Jeff Hardy with it, and have Roman be like, you're drinking too much, oh, now drink this God. bottle of vodka in front of me.
2: There was, like, John Cena did a bit with him a f- couple years ago, where he called him out and said, like, it's, like mentioned his jail stint, his DUI right. stint, and a veiled, like, comment. Uh, I just—the frustrating part is that it's a repeat offender, and it's like, come on, man. Also, it's like, come on. All right, let's be responsible. You're an adult. Let's be responsible. But my follow-up thought is the, like, the other professional sports have Uber accounts for their staff or yeah. their. Like, why is there? Have we have we thought about this? Because it seems like this is a recurring problem. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, it's been happening over the years. Even Kurt Angle, he's an Olympic hero and he's a gold medal winner. So he gets to drive drunk at least three days a week legally. But apparently he got busted as well. Uh, he has been uh, multiple occasions. He's got a few DUIs. And then uh, in 2013, he checked himself into rehab, which I actually think is important to remember that everyone is struggling sometimes, even those who look to be in great shape, who can do amazing things such as win gold medals in the Olympics. Sometimes you just got to go live that rehab life and uh, and just it. get better. I was watching a commercial for Passages of Malibu, and I almost wanted to get a crack addiction or a coke addiction just so I could go hang out there.
2: I mean, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of passages, commercials, which probably explains also why it's very expensive.
1: Yeah, it was really expensive.
2: very exclusive, exclusive rehab here in Malibu.
1: I'll just go to a Four Seasons. Yeah, I have a feeling they're also not, not, they're rehabbing their reputation more than anything because it seems like something a management company is just like, go to rehab, Mr. Gibson. Mel Gibson. Okay. Jillian Hall, she also had a DUI. Isn't that something interesting? And of course, Eddie Guerrero. Uh, Lie, cheat, and steal, that was his philosophy. But then he also got a DUI in 2000, uh, at some point in 2001, and then he died in 2005. And that's sad, that was really sad. I I loved Eddie Guerrero. And he used to drive his car down to the ring all the time.
2: That's, he was just so, what an icon though.
1: He was a total icon.
2: Flawed heroes. Everyone is flawed.
1: You can't not be flawed flawed and be a hero. That's why nobody really likes Superman. Because it's like, okay, bro, we get it. First of all, he works in fake news. Number one, let's be honest. The guy's fake news. Number two, (laughs) nothing can stop you. Nothing can beat you. So I just don't care. And you're handsome and you're banging everyone's wives. he
2: struggles. What does he struggle He's got daddy issues. He's got daddy issues. issues. He's got a lot of dad issues. Which, I mean, maybe there is something in common with wrestlers.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. Well, speaking of daddy issues, another person who got a DUI that I wasn't aware of was Jack Swagger. Did you oh. know when he, when he was when Hager was Swagger, ah. he was out there swagging around in 2013? He got a DUI after a SmackDown taping in Mississippi, which again is horrifying, and he had six months probation. So I did not Jesus. see that coming, but you're right, man. There should be some kind of like, if you want, like, all right, you guys can drive to the venue yourselves or we have a bus, <laughs> like I would just- Hey, yeah, know, we'll there take has care to be, of you. And it's like, if you're a loner, all right, but if you guys want to like party a bunch, yeah. uh, come on this bus. I think it sounds We're like they- the, uh,
2: tweak the wellness policy.
1: I agree, and you know, cause these people are really just truck drivers and the product they unload is themselves. But truck drivers, they tend to be quite sober.
2: Yeah. And it's no secret. Like I said, there's an entire series about how your body is just abused to the point where in some sort of substance, I don't want to in some cases, substance abuse uh, is problematic and it runs throughout the industry. And, you know, maybe tweaking a little bit of a wellness policy to kind of soften that blow, if you will.
1: Wow. That sounds like fascism, Katie. Um, so, test. Is
2: it? I don't know.
1: Yes, because these are grown men and women. Women like yeah. to get hammered off of their wine. Men like to do their whiskey. Mm-hmm. And sometimes a whiskey goes for the woman and the wine goes for the man as well. But, you know, they're adults. They have to be able to do what they can do.
2: They're adults. You're, you are responsible to a certain extent. But hopefully, I hope that he's just not, this isn't a reflection of something he's going through. And this was a mishap. But it seems like, again, he's a repeat offender. So...
1: Well, it's Uso, he's on top of the world right now. I mean, he's in a massive storyline with he's Roman. He's
2: in a massive storyline.
1: So there's nothing that WWE can do. We'll see if the powers that be, like, come down hard on him. I, I hope that they don't, honestly. The lesson is that you get arrested and you get a mug shot and you look all loaded and then you pay a huge fine and then it's on your record forever. So the man is being punished. And um, thankfully, no one was hurt. But, of course, Test, R.I.P., he was arrested in DUI for DUIs in 2007 and 2008. So he just bang those out pretty quick. I think you go through a phase. Yeah. Maybe a little DUI phase. I'm hoping to avoid it. <laughs> I did it when I was 19, as I said, and now I hopefully am done with it. I like my Ubers.
2: Just get an Uber or do what I did and drink in the backyard to the point where when you make it to the living room, you don't have to go very
1: far. Oh, you just drink in the backyard until you threw up. Yeah. Wow. I didn't go
2: anywhere. I was. That's why it was even the more surprising. Ra- I was just drinking in the backyard.
1: Did you have people over? Was it? Were you alone?
2: Uh, no. Well, we had we had like a we had some friends over earlier in the day. We had the babies. We had babies come over uh, and play together. And then once they left, and Carson went to sleep, we watched the fireworks in the backyard oh. and just accidentally just inhaled way too many margaritas. <laughs> blindsided. I was well, blindsided. Me.
1: I'm very proud of you. So Jimmy Uso, <laughs> hopefully. I don't want to see this in a storyline. It is what it is. People make mistakes.
2: Don't put this in a storyline. Don't. This isn't storyline fodder. We shouldn't be celebrating his mishaps. Yes. We should be hoping to God he's okay Mm -hmm. and just separate... Separate it.
0: Yep, this is not a,
2: a Hardy 2.0 storyline. Don't do it.
1: Oh, please don't do it. But anyway, you'll be fine. Self-driving cars. I'd get one, but you still aren't supposed to drive them drunk. So, no. so no, is it self-driving? It doesn't, it doesn't stop. You can't. You. It doesn't. It doesn't. Just
2: get an Uber.
1: Get an Uber or, a a cab, Uber.
2: or walk or <gasps> walk. drink in your backyard.
1: Don't bike though. I had a friend who would get drunk and be like, "It's fine, I'm going to bike home," and he broke all of his teeth so much because he kept on it's falling off his bike. Yeah, it's still oh, a boy. DUI, but it's not quite like a DUI. You can't run over a. a it's probably group of kids. more.
2: I would. I would argue it's more. It's more. You're you're in more danger of hurting yourself. Yourself, yes. Than you are anyone else.
1: Yep, yep. That's you're what You're riding
2: happened. a bike on the street drunk. That sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs>
1: well, when you're 22. It sounds like the best idea of all time. Oh, well.
2: Or don't scoot drunk?
1: No, speaking of being drunk and having a little bit of, maybe your mental faculties aren't all there. We have some sad news about Terry Funk. Evidently, Terry Funk, hardcore legend, one of the greatest wrestlers, like one of the greatest characters I loved. Do you remember when he was Chainsaw Charlie? Do you remember that character? He was so, he had the stocking on his head and just everything that he did was so unbelievable in the ring. Well, he was on Hall of Famer Don Morocco's Magnificent podcast. I had no idea Don Morocco had a podcast. Um, But he uh, admitted that he was living in an assisted living home and dealing with dementia, which is so Mm -hmm. sad because Terry Funk, of course, when it it comes to someone... Yeah, because when it comes to someone who has nothing but amazing life stories, like the to lose the brain of someone like Terry Funk is so Write it all hard.
2: Down. Get it get it recorded before yeah. yeah. And he's like I think the other thing with him the this he was such an influence on so many wrestlers totally. from a positive standpoint, just from an encouragement and a like a leader, uh, locker room leader, mm-hmm. um, and just being helping them build story and build characters and evolve their characters. He was so far ahead of storyline and 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 growing with storyline and kind of embracing more character flaws and embracing more emotion. And he brought that out and so many other players and not being afraid to do something different. Yeah. Like we wouldn't have, I don't think we would have a McFoley. Foley. No. Uh, we wouldn't have some of the players that we have without him.
1: We wouldn't have had influence. that unbelievable AEW death match. We wouldn't have had that fire popping. We wouldn't have had that unbelievable show. But seriously, every single match that involves like anything where someone's gonna have their skin torn off of their body, you can thank Terry Funk for those fantastic ideas.
2: Yeah, there's a direct correlation for sure.
1: When Terry Funk and Mick Foley got together, the funniest thing about them is that my, my I mean, obviously this is just a fan podcast. I don't know these people. Um, well, I've interviewed Mick a few times but they just seem like the sweetest two guys. And they both have like very like, hey, how you doing? Like they just have very sweet voices. You've
2: never pin, pinned- if you met them in a, in a street and uh, like in the grocery store and you didn't know, you would never guess.
1: Never, maybe only because when they walk, it sounds like the Terminator trying to move because they're half bionic at this point. But they just, <laughs> they're such sweet dudes. And the way that they would heighten matches was so extreme and it wasn't like New Jack, it wasn't like just some of the hackier, I mean, I love ECW, but some of the stuff you could argue wasn't particularly good storytelling. It was more like throw this guy right. off of scaffolding and watch them die. It was um, do it deadly. for the
2: sake of the, the moment.
1: But they, Funk and Mick, brought that level of intensity, but then they also were able to tell in-ring stories. And of course, Terry Funk, we have him to thank, Unless you're Kane, who is still very upset about the King of the Ring from 96, 97, whatever, when you won the championship that nobody remembers. But Terry Funk was the reason that Mick started that match on top of the cage, which just Mm -hmm. goes to remind you how much stuff happens behind the scenes that then when you see it, you're like, holy shit. And there's a lot of people to thank for those ideas because yes, he almost got his friend Mick Foley killed, but it was also one of the most iconic things of all time. So I think Mick says it's a net positive, despite the fact I'm sure he's still picking thumbtacks out of his tushy right now.
2: Oh my God, that fall.
1: It's yeah, that fall was so brutal. But apparently um, Terry lost his wife Vicky in 2019 and then everything just got progressively worse because that's usually the case with an, with an old man like Terry Funk. You lose the wife and it's like, all right, what did I do when I was 18? Got to go back to doing that again. But of course, he is no longer that young. So a little update on Terry Funk. He is in Amarillo, Texas. Uh, he is an assisted living facility. I wonder if there's a way to like get the information of the facility and we can send oh, him God. like little letters and be like, I love you. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe. It's just so sad when you see people with such unbelievable histories, you know, see their, yeah. see their brain erode. It's he very survived.
2: sad. He survived COVID as well.
1: Did he get COVID?
2: He did get COVID.
1: What a nightmare. Yeah. So anyway, oh, that's, what a, legend. that's a what little a update on Terry Funk. Has the he's not in the Hall of Fame yet, is he?
2: He is in the Hall of Fame. He yep, is in he the Hall of Fame. By, yeah, he was inducted by uh, Dusty Rhodes.
1: Oh, okay, very good, because they do need to show him a lot of respect, and I hope that they appreciate what 2009. he did in two thousand nine. Okay, yep. and
2: then he he uh, he inducted McFoley in two thousand thirteen.
0: Oh, that's very good. Well,
1: speaking of wrestling, speaking of indie wrestling, did you see this news, um, Katie? We are close to being able to go see professional wrestling again here in California.
2: PWG is coming
1: back. That's what I was just gonna say. Pro oh, Wrestling Guerrilla. I need
2: to jump on you. No,
1: it's all good. California's Pro Wrestling Guerrilla—they announced their return. It'll be eight one, which I believe is August. <laughs> um,
2: yep, August
1: first. Yeah, there you go. August first. It'll be at the Global Theater in California. It's their first appearance uh, since uh, obviously shutting down, and it will be held under the quote "Mystery Vortex" banner, which I don't know what that means. What's Mystery Vortex?
2: Uh, I can ask James if they've. It looks like they've done other uh, Mystery Vortex shows, uh, but uh, like uh, it's probably going to be. You know, it'll so be we're going go to go to this.
1: Are we going to this?
2: We should go. We All should right. go. Yeah. Yeah, um, we should go. I'm still like, I, I'm so conflicted with PWG because why? at Reseda, they used to hold it in like a, a VFW hall in Reseda. And it was disgusting and sweaty and gross and like super indie, but also some of the best wrestling I've ever seen right. uh, was was held in Reseda.
1: How were the margaritas?
2: Uh, didn't have margaritas, oh. but they did have uh, pictures of disgusting, warm beer. Uh, you know, so you win some, you lose some.
1: <laughs> the nice thing is it's as warm as your breath.
2: Uh, yes, it's, it's you're just like when you leave there, you're just like you've lost so much water weight just sitting. I love it's it. It's disgusting. <laughs> uh, but they've since torn down the building. The PWG moved to downtown L.A., like a theater in downtown L.A., and it's absolutely beautiful. Mm. Uh, There's just like, I'm going to get in so much trouble saying this, but there's something about the energy in the room to me that for a long time felt very contentious. Like the fans that go to the PWG shows, not all of them, Mm -hmm. and that's the worst part of it, is like it's a few bad apples, spoil a bunch, taunt the show, taunt the wrestlers, chants and everything. And they're so aggressive. It's so... It breaks you out of the show. Yeah, but
1: isn't that the whole point? It yes. Fan Wait, so engagement we, absolutely. It was too scary.
2: No, it's just they're kinda there's a select few, and anyone that's been to PWG will know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, there's a select few that sit in the same section every day and essentially ruin the show for everyone else. And okay. that's frustrating. So I don't know. It's been obviously it's been over a year, so let's see. Let's go back and see the second thing that I have, the second kind of asterisk that I have with PWG is that they're still not booking women. They don't book women on their shows. They like only not do at intergender. All? Yeah, they do. Inter- they'll do an occasional intergender match, uh, but for the most part, it's they haven't had any women's matches. They use I'm using air quotes. Don't book women, and and everyone knows it. So it's fresh. It, that part to me is frustrating. And that's you know Super Dragon and his ticks, but I don't really have a leg to stand on, so it's I will still go. Well, I don't
1: think we can trust this Super Dragon guy. You're gonna go? It's
2: it's his that's his promotion. That's okay, Super Dragon. I have not, I have not, I have not confirmed if I'm gonna go, but I feel like I can't not go. Right. I think we're gonna go. It's gonna be fun to see.
1: We'll stand to the back. We'll get our little spritzies. And uh, we'll just have a great time. And the thing is, you'll be with me. And we'll be with maybe James Crumbs. We'll out-crazy the crazies. And then people will be like, oh, my God, we can't go there anymore. The Dirks and Kissel are here. And I'll be like, yeah, bro. It's about time you get shaped up.
2: Uh, Some of their, I mean, that's the worst. I'm mad at myself that I let it bother me. But it was so, it's always the same group of people. They sit in the same section. And everyone knows that like, oh, fuck that guy's here again. Like, oh,
1: whatever. You just Frustrating. got it's, it's hard. I don't understand. Ro- don't be a dick. Don't, don't be, be a, a dick. dick.
2: Don't be a dick fan. How about that?
1: I wish, I hope from, from your mouth to God's eyes, I really hope that that's the case because as we saw with the NBA, fans were acting crazy. No one remembers how to get together in groups anymore. So there might oh, be a learning curve. Thing. There might be a small learning yeah. curve, but anyway, I just can't wait to have the stink of human all it's around so, once again. It's a
2: little less gross. It's a lot less gross at the Globe Theater. They do a, The production value is really great. The lighting's oh. great. Um, the team that puts on PWG is really great. If High Spots is still there, uh, they're phenomenal. Their whole crew is awesome. Everyone around PWG is great.
1: Just a group of douchebag fans That's trying to ruin it all. We're not gonna let them do it, though.
2: You're not funny, like
1: they well, never are. Like,
2: being like aggressively inappropriate and like using slurs is uh, makes everyone in the room uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, well, either that's way, my
2: piece on PWG.
1: That and you, you technically did not <laughs> diss the though. promotion. You just dissed a know, few I... douchebag fans, which is completely acceptable. That's yeah. why you know for a while I thought I hated sports, but then I realized I just hate people who like get angry. Like if the Packers would lose when I was yes. growing up. People would be like, their Mondays would be ruined. I'd be like, what are y'all doing here? You're not on the freaking team. The players are fine. Everyone's okay. You're <laughs> not on you know. the team. Stop. <laughs> but anyway, well, speaking of uh, performance, Lana, she's actually been talking quite a bit. She actually went on the Talk is Jericho podcast, uh, which if you haven't listened to it, I'm sure that if you, I'm sure you probably have. If you know this show, I'm it's sure you know one. Talk is Jericho. And of course the Stone Cold podcast, two of the best out there. But Lana has been talking a lot since she's been released from the WWE. And uh, it's not overly horrible. I think it seems to be fairly par for the course as far as wrestler complaints go with yeah. the product. But interestingly enough, I had learned that her main goal, Lana really wants to win an Emmy. And so I searched, have wrestlers ever won Emmys? 1950, mm. they won wrestling, won an Emmy. For best sports coverage in KTLA. So it was 1950. That wrestling. What? It was at KTLA. They have an Emmy. So there is. Oh, I'm sorry. Nomination. Oh, they uh, didn't no, actually, win. I think oh, they... they may have won. No, they did win it. They are the winner. So, yeah. wrestling in 1950 for KTLA, which I'm assuming was a television station, uh, they did get an Emmy. But that has been a long time ago. So it's been 71 years since the sport of wrestling has been considered worthy of an Emmy. And you know what? I think that should change because there's a few performers out there. If you just look at the acting skills of, you know, one of my favorites, like an Alexa Bliss, like an Eddie Kingston. That's Emmy-worthy oh my god. performance. Eddie
2: Kingston! <gasps> they should. So, if if you're not familiar with the Emmys, uh, it's no—it's a television award. It's oh like my god, Oscars
1: Katie. Yeah, for, we're not talking for to for bog people.
2: I mean, I don't know. We've got some international. Of course. Crew. What do you mean if
1: you're not familiar with the Emmys? We've
2: got some international folks. It's an international show. Out. I know. Are the Emmys international? No, they're I, a US thing.
1: Yeah, but every, but we're culture. The US are we big ex- debatable yeah.
2: at best. I saw what happened on July
1: 6th. Oh my God. Well, <laughs> or we'll January talk. January 6th? <laughs> yeah, don't even worry about that. Yeah, July 6th, you're probably still hungover. So you saw very, everything very in true. threes. But January 6th, <laughs> I'm, I'll maybe talk about this a little bit more on, on and Top App. But if you do want to see what happened on January 6th, the New York Times, which again, people would be like, blah, blah, blah. whatever. This is actually a very good video piece that they did. And uh, if you want to see non-cafe violence Uh, check that out it's freaking horrifying anyway so lana has been talking quite a bit about what's going on uh, with her post wwe life do you think that her talking on talk is jericho is predictive of her going over to aew and would aew have a role for someone like lana who is a character-driven wrestler. Her in-ring yes. ability has gotten much better, True, I mean, and mm-hmm. she's putting the work in, so I'm not even dissing her on that, but she's a character-driven wrestler. I think she mm-hmm. does great in like a uh, a management role, occasionally like a Mr. Fuji hits someone with a cade or something like that. You know, I love that role. It's like Jimmy Hart, yeah. If uh, that's why Diamond Dallas Page, that's what the role he wanted. And then everyone's like, you're too big, you gotta be a wrestler. He's like, yeah, all right, fine. I'm all gonna right. be a great wrestler. But her name is CJ Perry, that's Lana, and... uh Evidently, she got in big trouble at one point in her wrestling WWE career because uh, TMZ leaked a photo of her and her husband, Miro, who's obviously an AEW, formerly Rusev. And I guess the WWE just couldn't handle that. So they totally shitcanned canned her and sidelined her for a series of months. It sounds like her entire career in WWE was just a lot of like, Oh, my God. Really? Like two steps forward and like three yep. steps back.
2: Yeah. Like and this is this story to me is just so ridiculous that like, first of all, it's not like it's not like she leaked it to TMZ. Right. Someone leaked it to TMZ, an engagement photo of her and Miro. And like it like it happens. It's not her fault. Like, don't. And also fucking social media. It's 2021 or whenever this happens. 2018 or so? Yeah. Happened a while ago. Regardless, come on. This it's just stupid. It's just dumb. It's dumb to take it out on the performer. It's you know it's not the performer's fault.
1: Oh, my God, all of the leaks and all of that stuff. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, revenge, revenge, pornography and all of that stuff is so nasty. And the only way to put a stop to it is to be like, oh, OK, you didn't release that, then fuck that motherfucker who did. And we're just going to have to yeah, move we on have your and back and they can go fuck themselves. Yeah, but I forget how popular uh rusev and lana were so lana were is talking so they were so over of course over means that they were popular she was talking on again the jericho podcast she says the thing about rusev is he was truly the most hated bad guy and i was booed because of him one day i was doing a movie called interrogation which a uh, very successful film and uh they brought out a lawyer so i just he so they had to miss a week she had to miss a week And uh, she says, this is a month before WrestleMania. And the whole arena started chanting, we want Lana. Mm -hmm. We want Lana. And then she said, she trended for two days. And she said, it was wild. And she said, I was shook. And then it kept happening. And then they did WrestleMania. And then uh, in WrestleMania, they came out on a tank, which was really freaking cool. So Lana has had an underrated career, perhaps, now that we kind of look at it in hindsight.
2: She's really... She's had a long, uh, impressive storyline and 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 became like a like really ingrained in the women's division. But like pre like in the diva division and the women's division. She was there for the the changeover and like really came into her like now that we're talking through it, it's like, oh wow, she actually she put in the work. She did. She, she was she was a company kid, man. She did she was did. a company kid.
1: And there were moments. Where the company kind of treated her like a stepchild, yeah. um, you know. If you look at the match that I actually really love, the match where she never gets in the ring, um, yep. and this was the match that she won.
2: She was a great heel. I she's thought it was really heel. cool.
1: Evidently, that was a relatively new idea that they had for the match. She was supposed to go in, and then Vince thought it would be really funny if she like stayed out. So she's a little yeah. bit hurt about that. But I would just say also, like. It, like it was really funny and i think that she did a great job with it so even if she didn't love the role or love like the angle she still put herself out there and really did her best um, but yeah. one of the things that got her suspended for three months was what happened with again the photo of of her and her husband because she was supposed to be in a storyline with dolph ziggler and evidently The WWE just like couldn't handle that break in kayfabe, even though, you know, it's just there's so many examples of breaks in kayfabe that the WWE is just doesn't care about. But I guess this one was um, a step too far. So they just canceled that entire program for her, which, you know, had to be pretty shitty. I
2: mean, and she like she's she's really she was underrated as a performer. She really committed to the bit. And like you could argue cuz for a long time she had an accent and then it just magically went away and like yeah. people were like, "What's with her accent?" and it's like, "Okay, well first of all, uh get over yourselves. This is still wrestling. You you'll be fine. I promise you." Uh but she did so, I don't know. She really I feel like she really as a character, as a character performer, I feel like she really contributed a lot to the women's division and they could always they could always rely on her to deliver. Were the storylines great? Not always, but she was always working and doing the best that she could possibly deliver with given what she's given. So like, that's all you can ask from a good performer.
1: That's all you can ask for. And again, as we talked about on last week's episode, half of these fricking writers never even watched wrestling and they have no idea what they're doing, which of course, if you go back and you watch uh, just some of the names, they recommended for stone cold, Steve Austin. That's indicative of some of the uh, lack of creative talent that happens Mm -hmm. in those boardrooms. So CJ Perry, again, Lana, she goes on to say, knowing what I, uh, this is about the WWE. She says, knowing what I know now, it might have been a little premature regarding the breakup with her and Rusev, because I think they could have kept them together for a long time and really built something special.
2: Sold so many t-shirts.
1: So many t-shirts. He's a big old brute. Cause it also, it's also not one of those storylines. I'm not gonna, I'm not shitting on anyone. I'm just saying Becky Lynch and Seth, two beautiful people get together. Yeah. Oh, special. I can't believe yeah. they found each other. Yeah. Um, Rusev is just a big old brute, and he's got this beautiful yep. wife. And so there's like a King yep. of Queens aspect to it, where it's like, wow, how'd that big old dude get that hot ass chicken? <laughs> From a male perspective, anyway. Yeah. Um. So she goes on to say, you can do whatever you want. I think the biggest problem, in my opinion, in WWE, and I'm gonna agree with her here, is they just don't follow through with stories. And so when you do ding, follow ding, ding, through ding. stories, it's great and everyone's excited. Even if they hate it in the beginning, by the end of it or a couple years later, they'll be like, that was fucking awesome. And I agree 100% with her. Um, just start a story and it doesn't have to be a 10 year arc. Just give me a no. month even a month arc just give me a beginning a middle and an end and we'll call it a day
2: yeah or bring it back the stories you started you can still bring back sure that's all i'm saying i agree you drop a story okay someone gets hurt they go off tv whatever whatever uh you can always bring the stories
1: back bring the stories the great thing
2: about stories is that they're never really finished
1: yeah, absolutely. So check out that interview with her on the Jericho podcast. Talk is Jericho. Um, It's not. I don't think she says anything that's gonna like stop her from getting hired in the WWE again. And anything. I think she's saying pretty much what everybody knows is that mm-hmm. uh, WWE has a massive problem with writer turnover, and that as an audience, it's just hard to find the string and. Um, well, I wanted to, I was going to actually make an a tampon analogy there, but I stopped.
2: Oh, yeah. Because you got to find the I'm, string in the tampon, of you. and then, you, no, and then no, all no, the no, blood. No, 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 no,
1: no, no. Sometimes Rah. in order to get to the blood, you got to find the string. Okay. Beep. Nope. Back, back, back.
2: Nope. Back that back. up. Walk that one
1: back. Back that one up.
2: Walk that back. one back. Whoop,
1: backing it up. That's good exercise. Walking backwards? Yes. Yeah. Does it strengthening your
0: thighs? It might yeah. strengthen your thighs. Mm hmm. If I would have kept making only the minimum payments
1: on my credit cards, my debt would have taken me 47 years to pay off. These are real National Debt Relief customers. I knew I wasn't going to be able to get out of debt by myself. Credit card, medical, or personal loan debt? National Debt Relief negotiates with your creditors to reduce what you owe.
0: National Debt Relief got me out of debt.
1: You could be debt-free in as little as 24 to 48 months. Visit NationalDebtRelief.com to learn more and get started. NationalDebtRelief.com Well, speaking of Vince... Vince Russo is back in the news, and I gotta say, does this guy ever shut up? No. Do any gas pumps work in this country? This guy, he is just every interview. He's madder and meaner, and I just think, does he just sit and sulk all day?
2: No, he's just he he's just a, he's that's what that's what he does. That's his bit. That's his bit is that a- he's gonna be. The more he talks shit, the more people like us wind up talking about him and just keeps it going.
1: Well, let's just keep it going then. So Vince (laughs) Russo appeared on the Such Good Shoot podcast, which I don't know the podcast, but I don't like the name very much, but that's okay. Everyone's allowed to have different names for their shows because if everyone had the same name, it would be hard to find the show that you wanted to listen to. So this is what Vince Russo said about Vince McMahon. He says, bro, Vince, I hate, like, I'll say bro. I'll go bro sometimes. I'm a dude guy, what's up bro, what's up dude? Dude bro. But Vince is, he's just such a, he's such a bro. I'm a dude, he's a bro. And that- He's a bro. He's like, bro, bro. And it's like, oh my God, dude, come on, chill the fuck out. So he says, bro, Vince McMahon didn't filter shit. He says, bro, every sentence starts with bro. Bro, that is such a misnomer because if Vince filtered stuff, <laughs> so let's throws. just go to logic. Bro, if Vince McMahon is this great filter, then what the hell's going on Today. So he's going in on Vince, and I guess rightfully so, as far as like the product goes. I think Vince is getting further and further removed, both mentally and physically from the WWE, just naturally. Apparently, he's been debating selling it, which I don't want to see happen, but it is what it is. But Vince Russo. That's the exact thing that he like. What What did you filter? What did Vince Russo ever do that was better than Vince McMahon? It's my only problem when Vince or like Jim I mean, Cornette. Actually, Vince even more so than Jim Cornette, because you can argue at least Jim Cornette was a great manager. He was a great loudmouth. Okay, <laughs> he was a fun manager. Jim Cornette was a great manager. He was loud. He was mean. He had a tennis racket. He wore a red jacket.
2: He, he played the bit. Yeah, he was a funny it imitates life. He was
1: good um in many ways but Vince Russo he did nothing to help the business whatsoever so this is what he has to say he says we would get Vince's blessing then we would go back and write every nook and cranny of that show then we would take that finished show and hand it to Vince and then he said and here's where Vince McMahon would make his little tweaks but bruh his little tweaks were genius (laughs) I will tell you that Vince McMahon could take an eight and turn it into a 10.
2: But the problem was he weren't writing an eight. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, he took a four and made it a three. Um, (laughs) So he could take, yeah, he could take an eight and turn it into a 10. But then he goes on to say, but you cannot give Vince McMahon a blank piece of paper and think he's gonna write a good television show because we see what's happening today. And yeah, Vince Russo, that's called you being the fucking writer. What are you talking about? Vince owns the company. You're the writer. So you write. That's your job. Also, I'm sure Vince could write a, a story We are in like disgruntled bad middle management revenge is what the WWE and pro wrestling is going through. Cause Vince Russo is like the epitome of failing up and he's just such a toad. And everything that he says about Vince McMahon, because I don't like Vince Russo makes me like Vince McMahon. So I guess if you're Vinnie Mac, keep on having him out there and talking shit. Cause it does remind all of us that yeah, Vince has made some mistakes over the years. It could have been much worse. But he also had to deal with a lot of freaking D-bag bros like him.
2: Okay. The, look, I even if you don't know who Vince Russo is, the amount of times he says bro in bro. this interview will also just make you hate him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, a, but again, a well-time you, bro, on, bro can really go far.
2: A well-time hey. bro is phenomenal. I a love a well-time bro. Time bro.
1: bro. But he just goes in. He just goes in all crazy. But
2: also, you I mean, you talk about someone that really couldn't understand the future of wrestling between him and Jim Cornette. They've never like. Well, it's impressive.
1: Did they understand the future of wrestling and they're just upset that they've been left out of it because you watch. That's like, on you,
2: isn't it? Like, that's on you. You can either. Yeah. You can like and this kind of actually to tie it together. This is very much a Terry Funk. Uh, uh, take is that you can lean into people that are doing things differently and see something in that and use it and find your moment instead sure. you it's easy for you to shit all over something that's new and different and like make your quack comments like and get your tweets and get your like mark hate but like what are you doing to actually contribute to the business you're only detracting things from the business
1: Absolutely, and of course, with Vince Russo, he's always said he'll never get back in the business, but then as he gets older, he realizes it's the only aspect of his life anyone cares about at all. So
2: it's the only you can turn your
1: back. I mean, I you know I used to do, uh, well, I still will do as soon as they allow people in the office, but like with TV news, there was somebody that was working at Fox News and then she quit. She was on the air for like six years, right? And then she's like, I'm gonna go be an actress. And I'm like, your resume just says Fox News. So it ain't gonna ha- like, wow. it's not great. It's not gonna be a great resume, you know, cause I don't know if you know the politics of acting. Um, it's it's not really gonna be great. And then sure enough, it, everything just does not, work out because don't bite the hand that feeds you and if you're vince russo the only thing you ever did that was successful mildly was your work in wrestling and then of course you also ended the wcw which was very very sad but anyway
2: he's just him they're all kind of cut from the same thread where it's just so much easier for them to talk shit. Then congratulate some of the players that are in the business right now that are capable of embracing the future, pushing yep. like progressing wrestling as a business, uh, pushing a boulder up a hill. They're fully capable of taking this to the next level and furthering the crossover into mainstream. But instead, they just sit back and shit all over it, which is, you know, that's that's their gimmick. Okay, that's what Cornette's going to be that into. guy. Cool.
1: Absolutely. Who doesn't love? A good dump. Uh, Speaking of new characters, just lastly here, Nikki Cross. So the superhero gimmick, it looks like it's going to be around for a while. Um, The the, uh, WWE, they just filed for the trademark for this superhero gimmick. They have a whole bunch of patents with the United States Patent and Trademark Office. And the trademarks were also made for names Nikki Ash, Nikki Ash, A-A-S-H, and Nikki Ash, N i k k i a s h. These are all alternative spellings of Nikki A s h, which stands for almost a superhero. So I don't know. I think the WWE really thinks they have something here, and so they just made sure they're like, no one's taking this unbelievable no. idea from us. No one's gonna <laughs> do it.
2: Mine. Uh, <laughs> I, look, I, just, I love Nikki Cross, and I, I think. Do too. Brian Alvarez brought up a good point. Cause a lot of marks were like annoyed that they are doing this gimmick with Nikki, uh, myself included. I think I was annoyed. You
1: were slightly annoyed at first too, but I just watched as a matter of fact, our match from the past will be from unforgiven 2001 this week. And, uh, you know, Shane Helms comes out. He's the superhero character. It yeah. I forget it was really over. like when his music hit, people were like, oh shit. like he was and, over over over.
2: well that and like, look, I'm glad now that we've processed it, I think I, I I think I like it. I like Nikki Cross and again, I think I said this before is like she's gonna go above and beyond with anything that she's like Lana. She's gonna go above and beyond with anything she's given. She's going to make it the best that she possibly can do. Uh, and I think this gimmick. I think might kind of settle nicely. And like I at least so- she's being used. She's being used. She's on TV yes. every week. She has a storyline, she has a character. Like okay, we have something to work with and she's so talented that I'm I'm happy to see her being used. Uh whether I but also the gimmick's going to be huge with kids. It's going to go over. It's going to be like a Bailey gimmick.
1: It'll be great. I love it. Yeah, I, I truly do, do love it. And uh, and like all superheroes, she is she's faster than a speeding bullet. She's got a lot of energy in there. She's like I I, I do love her, and uh, I I wish her nothing but the best. And we'll let the audience decide because I have a feeling when when those TV screens are smashed, um, which Katie and I were talking about before the show, or was that on the show? I would pay no, twenty five. That $2, was before. That was before WWE yeah. promotion. Hear me out. You got all those screens right. And they cost you some money. You can offset the cost. I will pay you twenty five hundred bucks. Get like another three hundred people to pay you twenty five hundred bucks, and then we just take baseball bats and smash all of them. And it'll be super fun. Yeah.
2: Oh my god, it would be. What if they did like a? They should do like a tear down the Thunderdome storyline where like that would be. I was going to say Braun Strowman, but I guess it's Drew McIntyre and Lashley. Just go. Just do a, just brawl around the Thunderdome and just take down all the screens in the process. Come
1: on. Hear me out, WWE. For for Brock Lesnar to come back. I got into a small Lesnar UFC hole last night and I forgot how freaking scary that dude is. He did, even if he lost the match, like he would, like no one was winning. No one won any of those matches he had. And of course he did win more times than lost. Um, All right. Well, speaking of loss, just lastly, WWE, former star, the Patriot, his name is Della Wilkes. Uh, he passed away, he was 59 years old. I'm sure many of you will remember him. His um, character was very niche for a time when Bret Hart was the super heel, who was like, he loved Canada and hated America. And then they brought out the Patriot. It was kind of an easy pop, to be honest. <laughs> but he did great. Okay. He was a great in-ring wrestler. And uh, he passed away at 59. He was an all-American football oh, so player. Young. And uh, yeah, he was trained by the fabulous Moolah. I know they are all so young. Fifty nine, so young. Fifty nine is just so young, and what Terry Funk is, how old oh, is the 70, Funkster? Seventy. 71. So he's still, he's still young. Hold on, oh
2: me, man, I, he, I might be overshooting it. Hold on, let me just make sure.
1: Maybe, although that would make sense because Funk has been around for so long. I feel like the dude started wrestling in like the seventies, maybe early seventies.
2: God, he he debuted in nineteen sixty five. He's seventy seven.
1: You 77 know what?
2: and still kicking for terry funk okay. that is impressive because is if you impressive. were to put bets on him if there was a death pool i promise you you wouldn't have thought he'd make it to 77. not the way yeah. he was working for so long
1: yeah that's true apparently when it comes to um the patriot uh mr wilkes i guess he had he did a couple he dabbled in the steroids and i guess he used a little bit of cocaine here or there and uh, kind of his his tail sort of became a cautionary tale um for people who are getting into the wrestling business. I don't know. I don't know shit about anything behind the scenes again. This is just a fan podcast where we bloviate and blabviate and blabviate. But it just seems like younger wrestlers have taken note of the fact that all of these dudes die in their late 50s, you know, Ultimate Warrior and all that. It's like hopefully I just like I got noticed I don't, don't want to see like John Moxley dead in 5 years. It doesn't make any sense like
2: No. The business has changed thanks to The and the leadership of I mean, you can and, you know, I'll even give WWE a little credit uh, for embracing uh, like, oh, yeah. Hey, maybe touring every night and doing three shows a night all over the country for very little money and endorsing drug use and substance abuse uh, to keep people alive just to keep them working, just to keep them awake. Just to drive from one city to the next. Wow! Uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen,
1: now it's time for the no fun Katie segment.
2: I know it's the no and- fun, Katie. I know it's good because, but now the, a lot of the indie guys like if you're on the indie scene, it is a relatively clean world. Yeah. Yes, there of course, in the grand scheme of things, are there drugs? Of course, there are. All you need uh, is a
1: couple of weed vapes and some edibles and a couple of beers here or there. You but should it's be good. It's not.
2: It's these guys are. These guys want. They want a career in wrestling, and in order to do that, they take it very seriously. They take their diet seriously. They take they treat their body well. You look at Brian Cage. Dude hasn't had a carb in 10 oh my years. Oh, God.
1: No, he has not. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, he has not. It's
2: definitely changed. All
1: right. So, anyway, just lastly, before we get from Matt, to match from the past, a couple of upcoming pay-per-views. Uh, July 6th, as a matter of fact, That could very well be today. Uh, My brain is such trash. I'm still recovering from July 4th. NXT, Great American Bash. Uh, You probably missed that one, actually, if you do watch it, but I will be watching that. And then uh, July 18th, Money in the Bank. I think they have fans, but maybe not yet. Yeah, they do. They do. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And then SummerSlam, August 21st. Clash of Champions are coming up. Extreme Rules.
2: Vegas. Uh, Is that in Vegas? You want to go to Vegas? Hell yeah, I want to go to freaking Vegas. If I'm... You want to go to Vegas for SummerSlam?
1: Yes, I do. What's the date? SummerSlam August twenty-first. I should be here. Oh, Saturday. that would be fun. I have to go look. I am actually going to look at my tour schedule right now. Go to Ben Kissel one on Instagram to see my tour schedule. August twenty-first. I am not doing anything. I will be there. Yeah,
2: oh, that's awesome. It's like
1: someone's going
2: to Vegas.
1: Woohoo! Uh, yes. Anyway, everyone, let's just do Match from the Past. So this is Chris Jericho v. Rob Van Dam. It's a hardcore match and it's it's, a, it's just a really fun match i just watched it last night because i with the peacock they uh, you gotta fast forward and then you randomly stop and you say what did you give me peacock and they gave me this match don't even get me going on peacock now you've started me going again
2: i'm sorry I, I mean i look I, yes go you
1: ahead. did great katie i'm sorry it's my fault <laughs> i'm grumpy today um this match was just a hidden gem It really is a hidden gem, because Rob Van Dam is so good, and Chris Jericho is so good. So just enjoy a little bit of sound from this, and if you have a chance, go watch this full match, because these dudes, they bring it. Okay, everyone, Unforgiven 2001, Jericho versus Van Dam. And now there's a Y2J chant going on. And Y2J... Well, that steel chair and right into that arm, that shoulder. This audience in Pittsburgh is so fickle. RVD on the offensive, they chant RVD. Y2J on the offensive, they chant Y2J. <laughs> oh, man. Man. It's oh, man. the billion dollar princess. Stephanie McMahon Helmsley, who hates Chris Jericho. Why is she even out here? She's got no business out here. She's not in this match. Oh, my God. Jericho is gonna be head Stephanie, or it would seem. when it comes to the Vandaminator by RBD. Van Dam, Dam! needs to go up, Man Dam needs to take advantage now. RBD climbing to the top. Here comes the Five Star Frog Splash, my God, what impact. Unbelievable impact, will this be enough? intense matchup, but I've got to believe that Stephanie McMahon Helmsley spelled the the end, the downfall for Chris Jericho. All right. There it was. Rob Van Dam. That was cute. I always, it was, well, he was, was was, he was thin. I like, I like fat bloated Jericho to be honest with you, but I did like, yeah, boy band Jericho. It was, that was, I
2: think he would murder me if I ever called him boy band Jericho. Not
1: back. No, back then he was, I mean, he was, he was tinier. He's, he's probably thinner. 25 pounds 30 pounds lighter it was boy band jericho boy,
2: um, sparkly oh is it sparkly jack of jericho no this is
1: yeah. not sparkly no that's y2j jericho this is y2j
2: this, this is, is post
1: yep. y2j yep, yep this is sort of when he hadn't fully become completely disillusioned with the wwe yet mm-hmm. um so he was still like i mean he always jericho has always yeah, busted his freaking ass for the audience you'll never it's all he does um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Again, August 1st. I'm going, I'm probably, I'm going to drag Katie. I'm dragging Katie and James.
2: P-dab. Or maybe just
1: James and I will go. We'll do a boys' night.
2: There's also a New Japan show. There's <gasps> really? a New Japan show in, yeah, in August uh, in Long Beach. And that, my friend, I I mean, that would be super fun. I'm
1: going. I'm going to go find a, a new friend over there. That would be also, great.
2: The New Japan shows at the Pyramid in Long Beach. If you're in Southern California, I can I just highly. There's not a bad seat in the house. It, it's Awesome! It's such a fun venue. It's a bigger. It's a bigger. It's not huge, but it's no bad seats in the house.
1: No bad seats. So you Great can kind of wrestling. try to stay away from the loud jackasses. Although New Japan, I thought I think that audience is very like. Oh yeah. They're very loyal and applaud. Yeah. I love when I went to go see them in Australia. They just happened to be in Sydney. And uh, the audience, uh, the audience is so awesome because they're like, "Thank yeah. you for that nice move."
2: Super respectful, <laughs>
1: super
2: respectful. There's no taunting. but then There's they pop very to little tongue. Yeah,
1: it's not. Well, it's like I love Stone Cold, obviously, with all my heart. But like the what chant out of nowhere is just like, "All right, audience, we know it, really... it doesn't really make any sense right now. We got it." But yeah, the New Japan crowd yeah. is just like, now that move that you just did, we really appreciate that. And then when you do pop at the very end, they do pop. They're like, oh shit, oh, yeah. that's awesome. So it's like, it's great. Anyway, all right, everyone. We'll hope you're happy and healthy and safe out there. Get an Uber. It's cheaper than a D. Get an Uber. Or Lyft, actually. I'm more of a Lyft guy. I like my Lyft now, but that's it doesn't matter. Get, get a, a cab, ride home. Get a cab. Or if you have a mom. Remember that when moms were just Ubers? Call and they were like, Yeah, 2 a.m., you'd be like, it doesn't matter, Ben, just you calling me. I never really did call her. I never wanted to wake her up. Um, And then the car would be all weird in the driveway. But nonetheless, we survived. Okay, everyone, thank you for listening. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon.
0: This show is made possible by
1: listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
0: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks...